Hello and welcome to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Lawrence Coletti. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And today we're recording from the Expo Hall Florida ABA Tech Show in Paris on the Prairie. Of course, that is Chicago, Illinois. I have a special guest joining me today. I have American Bar Association President Judy Perry Martinez. Hello and welcome. Uh, welcome to you, Lawrence, to the city on the city. <laughs> That's what, It's a city on the city? City on the city. That's, Where does that reference come from? I don't know. I just decided to make one up and since you made one up just now. <laughs> I think I did. I, I'm not sure how. Uh, I, I looked up a list of uh, names for Chicago. I'm not sure how uh, viable that list is. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got such a busy schedule. And as I understand it, you flew all the way quickly from New Orleans to be here to join us today. That's right. I left Mardi Gras to be here at Women in Tech, a wonderful conference that opened up today. And it's my third year, and it's the third year of the conference. So there was no way I was going to miss being a part of it. And just tell us a little bit about that. So you said it started about three years ago when we were talking in the uh, the pregame here. But just tell us a little bit about that event. It really is about bringing women together and inviting more women and others to come together before Tech Show to talk about issues of importance to that community. Um, and it is chock full with ideas and sparks of innovation and really an opportunity for women to network within the tech space and gives great opportunities for new people to come in to that community and be a part of it. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I was told that you'd want to be talking about Resolution 115 today. And this is of particular interest to us because uh, we've been uh, traveling around covering a lot of the uh, some of the regulatory suggestions for different state bars around the country. And so this one jumped out at me uh, when, when our, fr our mutual friend Matt Cimento said this would be a good topic to talk about. So I, I understand that uh, Resolution 115 went out with uh, the ABA mid-year meeting. And so maybe you could uh, expound upon that. Well, the resolution was one of about 35 that came before the House of Delegates for debate and potential adoption. And in the case of Resolution 115, it urges simply that state Supreme Courts, state bar associations, and regulators take a look at ways in which they can innovate in the legal space to ensure that there's greater access to justice, to make the delivery of legal services more efficient and more effective, and to really think out of the box about what can be done differently so that more people can be served. And it's a simple resolution that urges consideration um, and conversations about what more can be done to serve the public. It also urges the collection of data as we go forth in these exploratory times uh, to look at what more can be done and really asks us to think differently about how we can serve the public and those who are in need of legal services. You know, one part of the resolution that I thought was particularly interesting was there was this uh, portion of it that said that we're not recommending changes for the unauthorized practice of law, or are we recommending, or nor are we recommending changes for the alternative uh, ownership of law firms. So basically allowing non-attorneys to own law firms. And I thought that was pretty interesting because that seems to be in the crosshairs of a lot of these suggested changes. So how does the, uh, I guess with those two issues, where does the ABA stand? So the resolution said exactly where the ABA is. And in fact, it is up to states, each and every one of them, to look at what the public in their jurisdiction needs to have changed. So it's not the ABA who is taking a position on this through this resolution. This resolution 
very importantly and significantly urges conversations to be had, but it doesn't take a position on any one type of innovation, whether that innovation is regulatory or technological or by some other means. So I hear Law Day is coming up? That's right. And it's always an exciting time for the American Bar Association um, as we approach Law Day on May 1. Tell us a little bit about Law Day. What goes on at Law Day? So Law Day is really a celebration across the country. Um, And it's one where lawyers come together to serve the public, to go into classrooms, to undertake um, a really unique opportunity to educate the public about the law, to celebrate the law, to make sure that the public understands the important cornerstones of our democracy. And it's really about civics education. The ABA has um, its second year of its survey that's coming out on civics, its civics education survey, Um, but we'll also be having some really neat events. And this year, the Law Day theme centers on the 19th Amendment, which is something that we're really focused on this year, because this is the year, the centennial of the 19th Amendment. So I have a confession to make. I got in a little bit of trouble because somebody handed me one of those buttons that were going around at uh, last year's ABA annual meeting that had 19 on it. And actually, I think it was 19th. And so they handed it to me and said, and they asked me because they knew that I clearly did not remember what it was and I felt terrible. Uh, they said, do you, do you know what the 19th Amendment is? I said, I have no idea. And so I got a couple of uh, cross-eyed looks. So Judy, uh, would you tell me, uh, would you tell the audience why I was so bad at not remembering what the 19th Amendment is? Because the 19th Amendment guaranteed women the right to vote. And when it was passed, it was just as important as it is today. But it actually created the largest expansion of democracy in the history of our country. When you think about the size of the potential voting population increased, you know, just fully. And, And it was so remarkable what it did, not only at that moment, but what it's continued to do to bring women to full participation in our democracy. And it was a struggle for that vote, that right to the 19th Amendment that went on for over 60 years. And the lessons that can be learned from the suffragists who were amazing in their grit and determination, in their courage when faced with obstacles that were put in front of them, as well as a lack of understanding in the public about what the amendment was really about and what it meant and the importance of having it in writing as an amendment to our Constitution. So this is about halfway, I guess we're a little over halfway of your tenure as president. So now you've reached the top of the pile here. You're the the president of the American Bar Association. And I, I, I remember at an interview right when you took the helm, you know, we talked about gun violence. We talked about uh, the ABA Center for Innovation, uh, immigration, wellness, rule of law. And so I know you had a long list of objectives, but I just wanted to ask you personally, how's it going? Like, was it everything you thought it would be? I know as the president-elect, you get to travel around with the president before you step up as the president, but has it uh, unfolded as busy? Is it busier? What's it like compared to your expectations? Well, there's so much that the American Bar Association does and the portfolio is so broad and wide, but we have continued the great work that's come before us um, by the leadership in earlier years. We have focused on climate change, um, we've brought resolutions uh, to really focus on how that is a rule of law issue. At this last mid-year meeting that you spoke about a few minutes ago, there were three resolutions on gun safety the work on voting rights continues because we see the centennial, the 19th Amendment, as an extraordinary opportunity, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to look at not only what was done in order to get that amendment, but to look at the challenges that still exist to voting rights today and to voting registration today. And we really want to make sure that everyone 
takes the time to exercise their right to vote, which is a fundamental right of citizenship in this country, and it is the one through which you can voice your opinion, you can make a difference by exercising that right to vote. As far as this year, it has been wonderfully exciting, equally challenging, and an extraordinary experience to be able to see across the country and beyond the good work that lawyers do. It is breathtaking, the contributions of lawyers at their, in their local communities, at the state level, at the national level, and all they do to not only improve the profession, not all they do to eliminate bias and increase diversity, but to advance the rule of law. And they do that in so many different ways. And it is from this vantage point, from this vista, um, that I'm so fortunate to be able to understand and get a view that is breathtaking with regard to what lawyers do each and every day and how they serve the public, but just as importantly, to really understand better the needs of that public so that we can do a better job in the years to come. So you're hearing it here first, lawyers. If you've got your ballots, your mail-in ballots sitting on your desk and you're very busy trying to service the clients, that just remember the president of the American Bar Association, Judy Perry Martinez, is reminding you to go vote. And also reminding lawyers of the roles they can play in other ways as a poll officials. Um, to get people just to help out with registrations at schools and at elder care homes and otherwise. I want to I want to hand out the stickers to say I voted. That's right. That's right. That's an important to let it be known that exercising your right to vote is an important one. And it's one that we should never take for granted. It's one that we should cherish always. And it's one that really makes a difference in our country. All right, so just one last question before we close it out. I know you got to get going upstairs. Uh, so I just wanted to get an update on ABA's value proposition. Well, it is moving right along. And what we are seeing are people who are just extraordinarily interested in utilizing, for instance, our library of free CLEs. Our library of CLEs is now up to over 500 wow. CLE webinars and programs. Um, when you join the ABA, you get access to the GP solo materials and webinars and other resources, as well as those of the um, ethics materials of the Center for Professional Responsibility and those of Law Practice Division. So you can imagine that it really means a lot. And the Pricing on membership dues has been dropped significantly, and that is because we matched an extraordinary opportunity for young lawyers to become involved. We have made dues lower for public service lawyers so that more of them can come and be a part of all we do. Um, and frankly, the other sort of intangible that really pays dividends is what the ABA provides in two ways. Number one, the opportunity to network with people who may share your views or may have opposing views, but you're still there for the purpose of understanding better the law, being greater, um, competent, having greater competency in the law, um, understanding the ethics to which we're held, and also just understanding what more you can do in your practice and your setting to be a better lawyer. And secondly, when you're a part of the ABA, you really are a part of something that's bigger than any of us. You're part of the voice of the legal profession. And so signing up to be a member of the ABA means that you will be colleagues from every corner of this country as well as different parts of the world. You will be with public defenders, with prosecutors, with civil legal aid lawyers. You'll be with corporate in-house lawyers. You'll be with government attorneys at all levels of government. You'll be with people who are practitioners in litigation or in other settings, transactional lawyers and otherwise. And what you'll feel is a commonality of purpose, a bond, you'll feel a sense, again, of 
doing something beyond what you ever thought you could do as an individual lawyer. But it's all those individual contributions of lawyers that really make a difference and make the work of the ABA and its collaborations with state and local and affinity bars across the country the unique organization that it is. Well, we've reached end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guest, of course, ABA President Judy Perry Martinez for joining us. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If our listeners have questions, Judy, and they just want to follow up, maybe learn a little bit more about how they can get involved with the ABA, how can they find you? The best place to reach me is um, at the ABA, at the uh, mailbox of the ABA president at AmericanBar.org. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, listeners, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Until next time, thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.